Watch them all. Welcome back to another episode of Retcon, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're talking Pokemon. The global phenomenon that has players tracking down animated creatures far and wide on their smartphones, Pokemon Go is an augmented reality game that's quickly become more popular than Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat for Android phone users. It's been downloaded more than 15 million times already, and that's just in its first week of release in the U.S. We spoke to Chelsea Stark, the games editor at Mashable, and a bona fide Pokemon expert about the massive hit that Pokemon Go has become and what it says about the future of gaming, gamers, and the likelihood of anyone ever truly catching them all. I'm going to jump right into the really hard-hitting question here. Team Valor, Team Mystic, Team Instinct, where where do your allegiances lie? Oh, uh, Team Mystic all the way, I think. A lot of my friends were joining a team. Blue just seems to be a good color, you know? (laughs) That's excellent news. You've made the right choice. As someone who follows this industry closely, uh, is the Pokemon Go phenomenon something you even saw coming? It feels like it kind of came out of nowhere, and and people are hunting Pokemon now everywhere you look. saw it coming for sure like i not not to this extent but i definitely knew that this game was going to be hot based on just the level of excitement around any time that there would be a post update that we would do or anything it was just like there seemed to be a lot of discussions i you know when i attended like new york comic con last year i saw people talking about it even though it was more almost a year away people are very excited about this idea of being able to hunt Pokemon in real life, basically. Well, what do you credit the, the game's appeal to? I mean, why is it making Pokemon fanatics out of people who didn't even know who Pikachu was a week ago? I don't know. I mean, you're you're taking away credit from the fact that Pokemon had its heyday, you know, in 1998 to 2001. Like, it's still been a popular thing. It's still a force of nature. But that's the time it really, really took off. And when the card game was huge, when the original Game Boy games were huge, when the cartoon was huge, when Pokemon Snap was started to be on the N64, like just all these convergent forces, how much it drove people's buying habits at the time. And I think the people playing right now have either, you know, some tie to that show at the time or the game at the time and are very nostalgic for that. As with anything that sort of, you know, captures the public's attention in a big way for a while, Pokemon Go is getting a lot of attention from people and news outlets that, you know, don't normally cover this sort of thing, don't normally have an interest in it. Um, and that comes with a lot of kind of hyperbole and, and crazy stories that may or may not be true about the uh, the effect it's having on people and, you know, society as we know it sort of thing. Is, is, is it going <laughs> to make, yeah, is, is it going to make America, you know, active again? Is it going to be the doom of us all? What, I don't even know what to believe. I'm sure you have a much better frame of reference than than most people uh, out there talking about. So is it really as big as, as the hype suggests? Well, it is definitely the biggest mobile game, apparently. I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure how good SurveyMonkey data is, but that was a SurveyMonkey data analyst said that this is the biggest mobile game of all time. I don't know if it's necessarily toppled Candy Crush as of yet. But, I mean, it certainly just feels big because it's something that, like, very tangible you can see, right? You see people playing the game walking down the street because they're so obvious about it. It's not like if people are playing Candy Crush or Kim Kardashian Hollywood or any other really popular mobile game, you might not notice immediately what they're doing they're just on their phone versus, like, walking around actively tracking Pokemon down in a park, right? It's so hard to say, like, it's something that's a flash in the pan for six days going to change society. It's like, you know, we can't be so flippant as that. There have been some concerns raised about the you know app's access to, to private information within Google and such. Are, are those concerns valid? Should people be wary of the app? 
I mean, you should always be aware of anything that is accessing your data, just like Facebook and Twitter do. But it seems like Niantic has like already issued a hotfix to try to make sure that it can't really access anything. So, like, mostly, I don't think their like Niantic is the concern as much as like tr- people trying to, you know, backdoor force their way into Pokemon Go to access someone's email. So it seems like they they're already taking away the authentication token, so that like there's not really anything else pulling except your Google username. So is it is it safer to really uh, register through the uh, the the Pokemon Trainer uh, portion of it rather than using your Google account? I mean, it kind of depends. Like, I'm fine with using my Google account because I have two-step authorization. And I think that, you know, that's something that I recommend anyone, no matter if you think you have sensitive data or not, should do. So I would say it's a lot fewer passwords to remember. Might as well just use your Google account. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense, too. So big cultural fads like this you know, tend to come and go. You, you talked about the potential for it to be a, a sort of, you know, flash-in-the-pan sort of scenario. Uh, do you think Pokemon Go has staying power? I mean, how does Nintendo keep up the momentum on something like this? I don't necessarily know if it has staying power just because it is like kind of asking for a really weird behavior out of people, right? Like we're we're asking people to kind of go outside and walk around and chase Pokemon. And I don't know if that's something that people will want to keep doing for weeks and months at a time. It certainly will help if they, I mean, like things I guess like they can do is add in functionality to trade with your friends and battle with your friends, which are still elements that were present in the Pokemon handheld games, but not present in this. So it's kind of making that experience more deep where you have more things to do with the Pokemon you actually catch. Because right now it's basically you catch Pokemon, you level those up, you go to gyms and battle them and you try to claim them. So it's kind of like a shorter cycle of things to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I suppose they have to kind of figure something out before you know, wintertime comes around because uh, I feel like that's going right. to be a big lull. <laughs> I mean, I think the timing is just perfect because it's summer. It's a great time to be outside and walking around. Thank you for talking Pokemon with us, Chelsea. Uh, one final question for you. Do you have any sort of advice or, or tips uh, for anyone out there who might be just getting started in, in Pokemon Go? Oh, man. Um, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff you can try to do, but, you know, like, go out and try to find people at parks. That's, like, honestly my uh, suggestion is, like, find people, other people who are playing, and that way they can show you tips or tricks, like, right in front of you, because everyone out there is playing, is so excited to be playing and talking about it with other people. Like, even in New York City, where you think, oh, people are rude and unfriendly. Not true. Everyone's playing Pokemon Go and talking about it and geeking out together in parks. That was Chelsea Stark, games editor at Mashable and a Pokemon expert. You can read more of what she has to say about Pokemon at Mashable.com. With more than 15 million people playing Pokemon, there's a good chance you'll encounter a few of them throughout the day. And really, that's kind of the point of the game. Retcon's Lucas Willard hit the streets to talk to some of the active Poke trackers out there and find out how their hunts are going. unfamiliar with the world of Pokemon, you may not recognize the names of the virtual monsters being discovered in your neighborhood. I just caught a Venonat. I caught a Weedle at work today. But you're bound to become more familiar as the popular video game series has moved onto smartphones through a new app called Pokemon Go. It lets players like 25-year-old Pat Holland discover cute monsters through what's called augmented reality technology. I'm on a roll. I'm actually a Pokemon master right now. I just got like five right in this area. And Holland wasn't the only one with their eyes on their devices on Tuesday night in Saratoga Springs. 
Whitney Burke and Brian Gitman were also on the hunt. They drove 40 minutes from Rensselaer to catch Pokemon and meet other players. I was oh. here the other day with my best friend and everyone had it, so I got it and now we came today. It's just something to do, it's fun. Because we're pretty young so we don't have a whole lot of money for sitting in shopping and stuff, so we just walk around the town anyway. The 19-year-old trainers say they've also learned about the city through the app. I thought that was cool to learn what each of the statues, I guess, symbolized or represented. Yeah, because it's stuff you could find on Google Maps, but I don't see anyone else stopping and looking at it like they are with this. So. The app marks historic buildings, monuments, and even public art as Pokestops and gyms. These are areas where trainers can congregate to gather in-game items or take down a high-level Pokemon. But there's also a short description given about each real-world place. That has not gone unnoticed by Mary Zawacki, curator of the Schenectady County Historical Society. Myself and two of my colleagues were walking around the stockade on our lunch break, um, and we were realizing how many of the Pokestops um, are historical markers, of course, and some are very accurate and some are very inaccurate. Um, and then talking to people and seeing how kind of excited they were about a little bit of the history, like, oh, wow, there is a massacre here? Oh, wow, this building was burned? We were like, you know what? We need to combine these two elements. So Zawacki and her colleagues organized a free historical tour of Schenectady's Stockade District, and Pokemon trainers were encouraged to attend, meet fellow players, and learn a little more about the city they live in. She says people have told her how they've made new friends playing the game, and she's also heard a word being passed around that's nice to hear. And I keep hearing the word community. Um, people keep throwing that around, like, you know, you can, you can just go up to a stranger and know that you're kind of doing the same thing, and it's like this instant sense of community in your neighborhood in the stockade, which is really exciting. Officials are warning users to be careful while they're on the hunt, however. New York State Department of Motor Vehicles is asking people not to catch Pokemon while they're driving. DMV Executive Deputy Commissioner Terry Egan said in a statement, quote, simply put, catching virtual creatures to get to the next level is not worth risking your life or the lives of others, unquote. That was Recon's Lucas Willard reporting from the thick of the Pokemon hunt. This has been Retcon, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producers are Jessica Blaustein-Marshall and Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening.